reading today is from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. So, my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. Every gift God gives freely... Sorry, I'll start that again. Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favourite ones out of all his creation. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we are full today, and uh, it's a great day, and uh, I'd love to pray and then uh, crack on. Why don't we just reach out to those around us? You might need to make a brand new friend if you do. Exchange some palm sweat. Um, Because... Because actually what, what God is doing is not just drawing us together on Sunday morning as golf club members or um, people with the same interests, but he's building a family who've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And you might be here for the very first time, uh, but I just want to pray over us all that God would draw us right into his heart this morning. And even as we just uh, reach out to those near us, that we pray that you bless the person on our left and on our right that they would grow in the knowledge of your perfect, perfect love, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've come with the dedication party and you're like, this church is completely bonkers. We've got like, what going on and, you know, lots of repetitive songs and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's fine. You know, <laughs> it is a bit bonkers, really. Uh, but please don't, please don't um, mistake the sincerity uh, and devotion underneath all this. Uh, because this is this is real for us, and um, I think my prayer for these three precious ones as they're welcomed into the church family today, most of all, is that they would grow up from this day forward with the revelation of the love of God as Father, that they would know that deep within, that it would ground them, that they'd never know a day that they wouldn't know God as uh, perfectly loving perfectly there for them, protecting, guiding, providing uh, with them through every moment of their lives. So they'd be free from fear because they know the love of the Father. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. But let me just share how, how you get to the Father. And for me, I was 11 years old and my parents had become increasingly religious. And at age 11, they announced that my dad wanted to become a vicar. And at 11 years old, I thought that was just the worst thing in the world. Um, just because, you know, I'm, I'm like doing my best poor attempt to be a bit, you know, you know, trendy vicar or whatever. But I mean, my dad was slightly awkward as it as it was, and, and I, you know, I love him so much. But I, I just thought, oh, going into the church is ah, this is just awful. Um, and so I just spent the next four years essentially warring with him, you know, to my shame, trying to prove him wrong, trying to. Um, examine every other philosophy and religion basically to prove him wrong in what he was doing um, and I was just full of rage and anger um, and because he decided to become a vicar that meant that now we didn't have any money um, but um, I basically managed to get a scholarship to an expensive school um, I was like one of the poor kids who got one of the bursaries to the to the expensive school um, and so I had no disposable income like my peers did. And so I basically became one of the chief suppliers of all the illicit materials that people who had disposable income could spend their money on um, as a way of basically providing, you know, for my own um, enjoyment in my spare time. So I'm not glorifying that. It's to my shame. Um, but basically, 
Um, <laughs> that, that's what I did. I just needed, I needed money, and I quickly made myself very popular um, amongst a bunch of rich, hedonistic fellow pupils. Um, and so I found myself um, at age 15, very popular, um, at the heart of all the cool goings on in, in the school, um, but inwardly knowing that life was corroding. And I knew that because I was beginning to get into increasing amounts of danger. Um, I also was not finding any answers to deal with what was going on in my heart, actually from all my exploration. You know, um, I, I'm not someone who bashes other faiths, but what you find in other religions or philosophies is essentially a transaction of do the right thing and you get the right stuff back. You know, in, in some faiths, if you do the right thing, you get improved on in the next life. You know, and actually when you examine that, it's an actually a terrifying transaction because I'd like to think I did the right thing all the time, but I don't. And so it's actually a terrifying um, thing to contemplate. And so I ended up age 15 and outwardly, you know, doing this, having lots of means and all of that, hating the thought of Christianity, but knowing internally I'm corroding. And my parents basically paid me to go to a series of meetings. Um, and it was a stay away, go to a series of meetings. There'll be about 5,000 teenagers there. They basically said, we'll pay for the ticket and we'll give you some money. Just go, please go. Um, and so um, to my shame, myself and a friend of mine um, and my friend's brother, who was 18, took a big bag of drugs and thought, we'll try and find some nice Christian girls for five days away from our families. And, um, and so for four days, we trawled the sites and um, we're just you know, looking for, you know, innocent, young, beautiful Christian girls um, and, uh, and basically staying up all night doing all this terrible stuff. And on, uh, on the sort of final day, I thought with a grain of conscience, I need to go home and say something about what's happened. And so I went to one of the sessions, the final session, and I walked into a place which is a lot more bonkers than you lot. <laughs> Um, it was a place which was so, like, not my culture. It was so, like, wild. There were people just running around and lots of people screaming and, you know, um, just completely non, you know, where I was at, you know. Um, but I walked in and I could just sense that there was something just kind of on the atmosphere. It just felt like, even though people were screaming and running around and, there were some who were roaring like lions for some unknown reason, which I still don't really understand now. I walked in, and basically you could just sense there was a purity on the atmosphere, which I just didn't know. Uh, well, I didn't know it inside me, because I could feel like just that I wasn't clean. And I could feel this purity on the atmosphere, but it wasn't like a judgmental one. It was something that I just didn't know. And then someone stood up, and they basically said... You know, the whole point of Jesus Christ is that he came like us to do what we couldn't do, which was to make a sacrifice that would fulfill all of the weird, bad, broken stuff in our lives. And ultimately to restore us to a relationship with a God who is holy. And so how could we possibly do that without some kind of equilibrium being formed? Ultimately, he's to restore us back to a God who loves us and wants a relationship with us. And all the aching in our hearts actually is because we're disenfranchised and disconnected from God who wants to know us as a father. And someone stood up and it just made perfect sense to me. It still makes perfect sense to me, doesn't it? You know, and, and I just like, I was like, despite my best efforts, I just knew that I was not doing right. And so he invited me down to the front and to give my life to Jesus if I believed. And I was like, well, I've examined everything else. And this one actually seems to make the most sense because this is the only one where you do bad and you get back good. Because all the rest are you do good and you get, you know, and, and it, just, it just made the most sense to me. And so I gave my life to Jesus. And then some other person about my age, about 15, came along and put their hand on my shoulder. And, and basically prayed for me to be filled with God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And as soon as that happened, I basically saw Jesus making his way through the room. You know, a bit like if he came in at the door now, and, but this is through 5,000 people, and he made his way just as clear as you are now. And he made his way through 
the crowd and picked his way through, but just he, his eyes were on me, and he walked right up to me. He kind of came so close that he was like here, and he put his two hands on my heart. And this is like a, I now know a vision, but it was just the realest thing in the world to me. And he like opened my skin and opened my rib cage and with his hands placed on me like this. And, and basically just his eyes looking at me and with just such purity and such love. And as he did that, I could see out of my heart streamed all this black stuff, which I knew was my anger, my bitterness, rage, uncleanness. And it just went down his arms like a sort of black tar. And, in t- and as soon as it hit his body, it disappeared because he was gleaming with light. And when all of that had come out of my heart, then I saw all this gold come down his arms and it basically went into my heart. And as soon as it went into my heart, I felt, like Louise said, a peace earlier. I just felt like a, a love and a peace and a rest and a joy which just, I never felt before. And it it was like literally just going into me. And then after a few moments, and he was just looking at me, then he just sort of closed my heart up, and then he just walked away. And then I opened my eyes, and I found I was on the floor, and I'd been there about an hour. And I just want to say that, you know, cut all this away. When, When it comes down to it, Do we know Jesus? Because he has come to restore all of our hearts. And I'm looking out at some good and great and very godly people. But you know what? He's the one who lifts up the lid and he looks underneath. And he's the one who removes our shame. And he releases to us the love and purity and holiness of God. Through what he did 2,000 years ago on the cross. Because that was the place that he made sacrifice that atoned for all of the stuff that any of us in the whole world and the whole history of humankind could possibly um, take or gather it all up together. And he made the sacrifice. And when he rose from the grave three days later, what he was doing was breaking the power of shame and sin and death and brokenness on our lives and releasing new life to us. So I just want to say, like, if you're joining the families here today and Miriam and you know, Joshua and Rafferty, this is the story they're being gathered into about a God who came 2,000 years ago and in, in the face of our bad stuff, releases good stuff again and again and again. And that's why we can sing, like, we, like Luke and Claire were leading us, that you've been good to us. You've been good to us. Despite what goes on in our lives, he's so good to us because he came as God and he restored us back to himself, back to the Father. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And when I was 15 years old, I met Jesus and I met the Holy Spirit. But I don't think I really met the Father until about two years ago. Because I was like, wow, I really needed Jesus to sort out all the stuff in me. And I really need the Holy Spirit because I can't live this way without you filling my life. But I think I live with the operating system of don't let me near the Father because actually if I draw too close, he'll probably smite me down or or something like that. Because what I've come to realize is that deep underneath our operating systems as British people, that we somehow do not read in the scriptures, the truth of the nature of the Father. And then we don't take that declaration of his nature into our beings and then live in the same love relationship that Jesus did. So my prayer for these three is that they would know the Father exactly the same way that Jesus did. And that seemed to seemed to look like, if you read about the life of Jesus, it seemed to look like three things. It seemed to look like an intimacy. You know, Jesus was constantly sort of looking up and just talking to Father. He's saying, oh, or he was rejoicing. He's like, Father, I can't believe you're revealing these things to people such as these. He's constantly in delight and and living 24-7 
in con- communion, contact, in the presence of his Father. And Jesus came not only to do something that we remember when we come to church, but actually to release to us the same relationship he had, which is why at the end of this passage that Linda read to us, it says that we would become the firstborn of his creatures, that we would become just like Jesus, who was the firstborn, according to Colossians chapter 1, of all creation. It doesn't mean he was born first. It means that he was the one who was born with this relationship with Father that got messed up by Adam and Eve, but has now been restored through Jesus, and now is a whole new family being, being released on the earth, who now know God with this loving nature as Father. And it requires us to unpick our operating system, which is, well, how about him in the Old Testament? The God who seemed to be so different to lovely Jesus. Well, Actually, if you read the Old Testament, what you find is such a generosity in God who time and again is trying to restore his people. But ultimately, what you find is a God who would send his child out of love for planet Earth, but a God who doesn't just forget or overlook injustice or wrongdoing, but who provides for it by giving of himself the Son of God, Jesus Christ, to make, it all, to, to make it all right. And so what we find is God, who now isn't looking at the world with a sort of bazooka on his shoulder, saying, man, if only they would like drop to their knees, then I could just smite them down and say what I really think. We find a God who laid down all the iniquity on the shoulders of Jesus Christ so that we could be restored back into relationship with a father who now looks at us with love in his eyes. And so Isaiah, who foresaw this 500 years before Jesus, said on him was laid the iniquity of us all. And by his punishment, we find peace. It's amazing. And so now we can draw close to the father because we stand in Jesus's blazing trail and we're welcomed in, and we suddenly find the God who needed to make justice balance really now was doing it all because he loves us so much. And so now I I just need to open the eyes of my heart to see how wonderful he really is. And then we can think, well, why doesn't he just sort out the problems of the world if he really loved us so much? Or what we find when we examine the nature of God is we find that there really are two sources of all the problems in the world. One is the human brokenness with which we portray and carry ourselves on planet Earth. And the other is the enemy, the devil, the enemy of God. And that's the source of really all the problems. And when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, what he was doing was sorting out those two problems. He was sorting out human brokenness by restoring it through the cross and resurrection. And he was defeating the enemy of God, the devil, because, you know, when the, when the devil thought, yeah, I've slain the son of God, you know, on Good Friday, what God was showing is, oh my goodness, you can't even hold back what I am doing in my son because three days later he rose again. And so even now, <laughs> even now when we face the problem of evil, we're, we're facing it from the place of, the victory of the Son of God, which means that you and I can say, you smite us with evil, you smite us with whatever, but we have a hope which can never be quenched and which even now an authority is being released to us through Jesus, which means that bit by bit, prayer by prayer, love by love, promise by promise, we are driving back darkness and we are releasing a place of light through the death and resurrection of Jesus. So now I can say, do you know what, with confidence, like James did, writing to a bunch of Christians who were under trial and persecution, do you know what, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, from whom there's no shadow or changing, there's no sort of secret bit we haven't found that he's really going to kick our butts, there's no shadow of turning, it comes down from him. And he's the father of lights because he's the father of all. He's the creator God who made the stars in the sky. 
He's the father of the angels who are also blazing with fire and he is filling us with his glory and making us saints of the most high God so that we shine like stars, like those lights in the universe. That's why he's the father of lights. And we're becoming his children through the word of truth revealed to us in the gospel of Jesus and now spoken to him by his spirit to you and I. That we might become the firstborn, the first fruits of his creation, that we might love with his love wherever we go. And I'll tell you what, we're going to talk next week about what his love looks like. But, but I, I, I just would love, you know, for every single one of us to be so deep in his love that we can never be shaken. We can never be overcome. Do you know, think of the scariest thing in your life. And it probably is trying to undermine the truth of who God the Father is. And when we see how much God is looking over, protecting, guiding, giving us a love so deep and so freeing, it scatters all fear from our eyes. You know, Louise and I were with a group of people in some place this week. <laughs> I can't really say much more than that. But um, they were wanting to talk to us a bit about how do, how do we see the kingdom come in our church and the Holy Spirit and this sort of stuff. And we were, yeah, you know, spent, spent all morning being accused of this, all sorts of stuff. And just basically fear was just like being vomited all over us. Yeah, it was just like that. I was like, oh, <laughs> we've been invited here and now we're just getting like bucket after bucket of vomit. And it was just an exercise in find all the most terrifying fears and project them onto us. So anyway, that's what we were doing. And I was just thinking, has anybody been in a fearful situation? And I was just thinking, do you know what? What a wonderful opportunity to actually know you in this moment, Heavenly Father, and your love, and actually, in the face of extreme fear, to release your love back into this room. And so we walked out of there, and we left peace, we left rest, and we left love. And isn't that the calling on all of our lives? You know, I look at our nation, there's just fear resounding everywhere, isn't it? What would it look like if we were people who released love wherever we went? And so my, I guess my sort of um, challenge to us is how, is, um, how deeply are we in the Father's love and can we make space for it? Because Father is releasing his love so powerfully in this church. Um, this morning at the nine o'clock service, there was a gentleman who... I, I don't know. I don't know how old he was. He looked quite old. <laughs> um, but he was a post-war baby. And he'd never known his father because um, he was born, um, he, he was conceived before his father went off to war and his father was killed in the war. He'd never known his father. And he stood up this morning and he said, um, something happened a week ago at Remembrance when he was sat in this church where God the Father suddenly removed from his life just a hole and filled it with the Father's love last Sunday in the remembrance service. Isn't that amazing? Now, this is, this is not about this church. This is what God the Father is doing. And he, he was stood up there, just an older gentleman, British gentleman, and, you know, in the presence of other people, you know, no, no fear or shame of sharing this. And it was just glorious. You know, everyone was just like, um, isn't that what we want? Come on. You know, I just think we might not be as extreme as him, but we just want to know Father, don't we? We want to live like Jesus, just constantly communing with him and knowing his goodness and his presence all the time so that we can love like Jesus did. Anyway, I just wanted to just um, finish with a story because basically we want to then dedicate these precious ones and we want to release the Father's love onto them. And then if any of us here would love to just receive the love of the Father, we're going to make space for it, for, space for it this morning. Is that all right? Anyway, someone sent us this um, story from about two weeks ago. 
and I love this, this is happening all the time. So if we're, if we're sitting here this morning, this doesn't mean anything to you, you know, or if you haven't got this, this is what God is doing amongst us. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, God floored me, literally. I could not stand. I went completely limp. I told you we were bonkers, church. Um, when I tried to get up again, I felt like God pushed me back down. I had a huge sense as I was on the floor of his love for me and an almost overwhelming sense of his power and a realization that next to him I'm weak and there is no one more powerful than him. I've been troubled by doubt. I have seen so much of God's goodness, but somehow there's still a part of me that doubted the reality of God. The question, did he really love me? And did he really say or do that? When God floored me, I... I needed what happened because I needed to know him personally in a deeper way that I could feel his power and presence within. If it wasn't for the fact that I felt his pure love for me, I would have been terrified. But now the doubts have gone and I know that I am forgiven and that I am loved. I never want to forget the sense of his power within me. I felt God challenging me about how English I was. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Church of England. I felt God challenge my Englishness, and yet I was so undignified in a heap on the floor and utterly helpless. If my Englishness and my culture stops me yielding to God, then it has to change. I just would love to just say, come on, when everything is stripped away, what we find is a God who sent his son to come and reconcile us back to himself, a father from whom every good gift pours down. And through Jesus, the word of truth, the living word, the one who is birthing within us salvation and his love and his power and his presence that we would be brought back to know him as his children and then to rise up and to scatter his love right across this planet for the glory of God. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, dedicate Rafferty and Joshua and Miriam to the Lord. So could I uh, invite them and their families up here to the front and... We're going to do this now. And I think we're going to do this. We're going to pray for them. And then uh, we're going to just offer some prayer ministry at the end uh, for anybody who'd like to receive. So um, that's the plan. Have we got any words on the screen, Martin? Fantastic. And have you guys got these? Okay, so um, before we just get into this, um, we've got James and Danny over here on the right. We've got Tom and Libby in the middle. And we've got Christian and Sarah on the left. Um, Guys, just a quick question for each of you. What does this mean to you guys today? Um, and uh, what's in your hearts as we, as we do this together this morning? Super quickly, Joshua was um, a little miracle baby for us. Um, he, we were trying to conceive for, for uh, two and a half years or so. And then Chuck Parry, who one of the guys who, who uh, comes across for the Kingdom Come Conference, when we were in the States, um, we were just getting fed up with, with not falling pregnant. And so we got him to, to pray with us and a couple of others. And, uh, and then within a month, uh, we were pregnant and it just everything changed. Um, <clears throat> so this is a miracle baby. He's from God. He's God's gift to us. And we want to give him back to God and that he'd walk with God all his days and uh, bring God's kingdom wherever he goes. So. So good. Wow, praise God. What a story. What a story. Yeah, amazing. Just talk us through the mechanics of how you fell pregnant and just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> right. 
We've got some big brothers here. So, do you just want to say hi? Um, well, I actually like gravity. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. Uh, Tom, and, Tom and Libby, um, what does this mean to you guys today? Uh, well, it was just... Um it's hard to sort of follow you, James, in the sort of the enthusiasm for 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 dedicating Rafti and all and all the other ones here. Um, for us, um, I um, we had Theo in 2015, and uh, I had been ill, and we weren't sure if I'd be we'd be able to have another baby, um, uh, but we did. So, Rafti is equally important and precious um, to us from. Uh, from that point of view, and he was—he's uh, been a real blessing ever since. It's just amazing to be able to welcome him into this family, and sort of really, uh, yeah, just we're really excited for Rafferty and for Theo uh, as they sort of grow up here, and um, yeah, just an amazing opportunity to welcome him and to bring Jesus into his life. Isn't that interesting? We've got two stories of, you know, wondering whether it would be, wondering whether it would happen, and you know, I just think. We've got just living proof that God hears and answers prayer. And so just even as this happens, you know, just whether it's on the same situation or whether it's something different, let's just take, take the grace from that, the faith from that into our hearts and just believe that God, he doesn't change, he doesn't like them more than us and just receive um, that for one another. Now these guys, we've got a doctor over here and a vet over here. So every, every single angle is covered. <laughs> What does this mean for you guys? It means a lot. Uh, we uh, we love Mary, and she's the the joy of our lives. And uh, to us, faith is is all about joy and and peace. And we just wish that and Mary grows up knowing that she's uh, very loved, both by us, but even more by by the Father. And that it is all about that peace and joy that God wants to give her and and bring her through that. And Today is, is, is just uh, giving her back to God, praising him and thanking him for this beautiful little girl. Yeah. Well, I just want to say to all the grandparents here as well, you know, these are three absolute quality families and we just we love them to bits. And, you know, you should be very proud as parents uh, of what you've done and what you've sown into these um, brilliant uh, parents today because they're demonstrating such quality values and um, yeah we're very proud of them and you should be as well okay so I think you guys have all got a copy of this and um, I'm going to guide us through um, some of the words here we are here today to give thanks for Rafferty for Miriam and for Joshua with their family and friends and to support their parents in their responsibilities with prayer and love God became one of us in Jesus and understands all that surrounds the arrival and upbringing of children. It is God's purpose that children should know love within the stability of their home, grow in faith, and come at last to the eternal city where his love reigns supreme. Let's all respond to the uh, bolded uh, yellow parts. The works of the Lord are great. His mercy endures forever. Mary gave birth to a child and called him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. He is called the Prince of Peace. His kingdom will last. Loving God, you hold all things in life and call us into your kingdom of peace. Help us to walk the path of your truth and fill our lives with gratitude and faith through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Just going to address the parents. Do you receive? <laughs> How are we doing? Crowd control. <laughs> it's all good. Don't worry. We've we've all been there. <laughs> James and Danny, Tom and Libby, Christian and Sarah. Do you receive your children as a gift from God? <laughs> Do you wish to give thanks to God and to seek his blessing on them? God, our creator, we thank you for the wonder of new life and for the mystery of human love. We thank you for all whose support and skills surround and sustain the beginning of life. 
We thank you that we are known to you by name and loved by you from all eternity. We thank you for Jesus, who has opened to us the way of love, and we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever. James and Danny, uh, what name have you given to your son? Joshua James Peterson. Tom and Libby, what name have you given to that precious young man behind you? He's just getting ready to preach. It's good. Uh, Rafferty Hugh Sheldon. Fantastic. Christian and Sarah, what name have you given to your precious daughter? Miriam Elizabeth. Fantastic. Great. I'm going to take them one at a time and just pray God's blessing on them. If I were, why don't we bring them right into the sort of heart of the church and we'll, we'll do it there. Father, we thank you so much for Miriam Elizabeth. And even now, we, we praise you for her life. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill her from deep within, that you surround her, Heavenly Father, with your love every day of her life, that, Jesus, you would watch over her, that there wouldn't be a day that goes by without her knowing all that you've done for her. Bless her, Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Father, we thank you for Joshua James Peterson and we pray that you would bless him. Thank you, Father, for the new life that you place within him. We pray, Holy Spirit, fill him from head to toe. We pray not a day would go by without him knowing all that you've done, all that you've won, that he would know you as his Father, as his Lord and Saviour, and that you would fill his life with blessing and peace. Yeah, thank you, Father. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna chill here for a bit. <laughs> Get it. What do you reckon, Louis? Come on, here we go. We still got it, babe. Here we go. Here we go. Oh yeah. A Hugh Sheldon. We bless your life. We thank, thank God that you're here. We pray, Holy Spirit, fill it, every fibre of his being from head to toe. May you know the depths of your love, Father. May you know all that you've done, all that you've won, Jesus. We pray that he would follow you all of his days. That there'd never be a time where he doesn't know you and follow you with all of his strength, all of his might. Bless him, Lord. Thank you, Father. I think I might join the crash team. <laughs> um, let's uh, reach out our hands and pray over them all. May all these precious children learn to love all that is true, grow in wisdom and strength, and in due time come through faith and baptism to the fullness of your grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's uh, just reach out if you're by them. Just put a hand on these parents' shoulders. We're just going to bless them. Wonderful, wonderful parents. Those of us who've had children will know um, all of the late nights and all of the whatevers. Um, so we just want to bless, bless them now. Lord, may you bless these parents. Give them grace to love and care for their precious children. May God give you wisdom, patience, and faith. May he provide for all of your needs and for all of your children's needs. 
And we pray that he would shine through you by the Holy Spirit, revealing the love and truth that are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's head back to the front. Okay, we've got a little something. Yeah. Should we give um, them a copy of the scriptures? Oh, they're named. Fantastic. We might need to do a bit of bit of swapping around. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. Brilliant. They're the right names. Like John Smith and great. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. You're the living words. And we just want to release now all that you've revealed to us in the scriptures that they would love, love the Holy Spirit and they would love the scriptures with all their might, that they would be children who grow up in word and spirit for all their days. Receive this book. It tells of the good news of God's love. Take it as your guide. Amen. <laughs> right. Um, do we have some supporting friends or just, yep, specific ones? Great. Do you want to stand where you are? Fantastic. Great. Brilliant. You know, it's so important to have people around us to cheer us on, to pray for us, to encourage us. So thank you uh, for standing up for these families and these children. Will you do all that you can to help and support these parents in the bringing up of their children? And this is our part as a community where we pledge our love and our support to them as well. Ashington... Chanctonbury, will you do all that you can to help and support these families? And let's pray together. God, our creator, we thank you for the gift of these children entrusted to our care. May we be patient and understanding, ready to guide and to forgive, so that through our love and example, they may come to know you and walk in your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, so in faith and trust we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Should we just give these guys a welcome uh, round of applause? Yeah. Fantastic. Amazing. What a joy. Hello. Um, we uh, need to collect children from Children's Church if you're a parent here. I think what I'm going to do is pray a prayer of blessing now. Um, if you'd like to receive ministry this morning, do come to the front. Uh, and some members of our, our staff team, our healing centre team, they'd love to um, pray with you this morning. Um, and uh, otherwise, we'll see you Wednesday night for worship. Um, and listening to the Lord, and um, it's all good. Let's stand together. May the love of the Lord Jesus draw us to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen us in his service. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill our hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit 
be upon us and particularly upon those we love and pray for both this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We're going to, um, Luke's going to just lead us in some worship. We're going to have a sort of soft ending. If you need to um, go and collect children, please do that. If you'd like to receive prayer, please come to the front. Um, Otherwise, God bless you all and we'll see you very soon. of our staff or healing centre team just to come and pray with those who are responding uh, for prayer this morning Um, we'd love you to to come and pray if you've come forward for prayer and haven't been prayed for just please uh, raise a hand just so we can see where where you are um, and uh, pray with you
last time.
Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, I'm Your truth. 